hobbies, the jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome to the Full Court Press. I'm Jay Salves and Eric Franson here on 106 NFM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Uh, if you missed our first hour, we'll post it on our podcast. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Type in the Full Court Press. Eric's name, my name. You can find all that stuff. Spencer Nilton, we have that interview. You can actually find that on our podcast or on 1069thefan.com. Coming up in just moments, the offensive coordinator of Utah State football, Bodie Reed, will be joining us. 5.30, Coach Hillard will be joining us uh, over the, all over the phone as well. Uh, we'll be uh, hearing from him after uh, another great season that ended in a heartbreak disappointment. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting. I've actually, you want to know what's really cool about Twitter? Is that I've been watching all these great games, and it's been a blast. I just, I've been watching, like right now, as we're doing a show, because I'm sick of Eric talking, I've been watching the Royals Athletics game from 01, when the uh, Athletics were aiming for their 20th straight win. The Cubs and Indians game was on, too, for Game 7, but I was bored by that one. That doesn't interest me at oh, all. Oh, come on now. No, I'm not a Cubs fan. It should so. be opening day today. We should be all celebrating the start of baseball. I am. I'm watching the A's Rockies from 2001. Yeah. Uh, Eric, we got a uh, fun guest for us here coming up. Yeah, Utah State has... It, this happens every year with almost every college football team in America. There's turnover. It happens. Coaches move around. They move to different places. They move on. And this has happened with Utah State, and as a result, new offensive coordinator for the Aggies. Bodie Reeder was introduced earlier this year, and uh, he's <laughs> come into some pretty unique circumstances at his new job, and he joins us now in the Full Court Press. Coach Reeder, thanks for spending some time with us. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I guess, first of all, um, before we get into all this, like what's happening now in the midst of all this craziness and how you're keeping yourself busy, let's let's take a step back a little bit about you coming to Utah State, uh, and there was uh, some changes with offensive coordinators, um, and there, there's a position that was open. What was it that first attracted you to Utah State, and how did that process work to get the ball rolling to get you here? Well, um, I had met a couple guys on staff uh, uh, prior. I, I had met T.J. Woods, and I had met Jeff Minna and Stacey Collins, um, and just when you when you're not recruiting and you're working the camp circuits, you you naturally you bump into guys and you start seeing faces over and over, and then those faces become, you know, friends. And I had heard so many good things about Coach Anderson and the way that he uh, organizes the program and how he treats the players and how he is to work for. That it was really, I mean, you, you spoken so highly of that it was uh, a great opportunity for me to come see what, what it was all about. And, um, it's it's very conducive to a family environment, and obviously the valley is a family type atmosphere, and and not a young family, and uh, it, was, it was a good fit for us. Uh, for you, coach, what is this uh, whole little break uh, with no spring ball and, and all such? What have you been able to do to stay busy? Well, um, so it's it's obviously challenging and staying busy. Like I understand that uh, you know people are wondering what the heck we're we doing right now, but it's actually very hectic because we, we do care for these young men and they're everywhere right now. Normally you can kind of keep them underneath your thumb and you're meeting with them every day. But now, uh, you know, I have four quarterbacks right now in four states and, you know, uh, yes, there's no class in class classes, but school's not closed. Like those, those kids are still doing their online work. So we're still seeing them through the semester. 
uh, academically and making sure that they're making a progress towards a degree and staying um, in the confines of being eligible for when this thing does open back up. Uh, we've designed workouts for the players to do um, daily with Coach Hicks, our strength conditioning coordinator, so running and lifting. And Some of the guys don't have access to weight, so we've had to modify those uh, those workouts to be body weight, or some guys have just limited weight sets that maybe home that mom and dad have, so we've modified weights to um, – Kind of be conducive to all the different scenarios that a kid may have at home, and then finally we're we're trying to do, uh, and I think it's been pretty good. We're doing remote and uh, Zoom meetings for our position meetings, so the kids are getting some some workouts, they're getting academics, and they're getting football every day. This this is uh, these are unprecedented times. We're all kind of wading through, not understanding where what the next day is going to look like, but. Besides dealing with the players that you have now on rosters, mm-hmm. there's an aspect of what coaches need to be doing this time of year with recruiting as well. So what? Sure. What's that process like? Well, um, I can only speak to the eyes of the quarterback coaches. That's the only thing I've ever coached, and this is very, very unusual because 99 percent of the coach, uh, quarterback coaches, whether it be myself or Coach Sanford or Coach Yost, they're going to tell you that they have to see a kid throw live before they offer him. And that's not going to happen this year. That's what's really, really unique. So right now we're just pouring over as much video and huddle film as, as, as we can of these kids and calling the co- high school coaches and, and trying to get as much background and, and as much as we possibly can without getting into the school. That's, when, that's the neat thing about spring recruiting in May is you're going to the school. And it's not as, as crunch time as it is in December and January. So you have a little more time to spend in the schools and, and chat and get to know the the coaches and find out about the kids but now uh, obviously with that being eliminated it's all going to be done over video and, and over the phone so uh the offensive staff right now are trying to trying to get ahead in recruiting so every day we're picking out a different position group uh, whether it be offensive line or tight ends or running backs or wide receivers or quarterbacks and that whole day is designated recruiting wise to that position so uh it gives us time right so we're trying to make the most of it you talked about the four quarterbacks in four different states right now, but when you got to look at these quarterbacks, Henry, Andrew, uh, and, and Cooper as well, and then who's your fourth guy from Nevada? I forget who his name is. Uh, Josh Calvin from uh, Southern California. It's California, oh, yeah. excuse me. I apologize. Uh, what, what, is, what has stood out to you about the four kids, and how close is this competition? Well, um, I think it's going to be close. I do. Uh, Henry Columbia, obviously, is he's the more seasoned guy, and I was really, really impressed with how well and how fast he was able to pick up the changes in the scheme and the, the terminology. Um, I think that he, his, his knowledge of the game and his just being around is going to give him, uh, or I guess it'd be really, really hard for him to, to not be the guy, you know, uh, and he's physically talented enough to, to make enough plays and to move the ball for us, but he's a sharp kid and he's, he's really taken to, uh, trying to fill this leadership void, um, that's there right now. Peasley's the best athlete in the room. Well, I mean, that's questionable too because Cooper, the guy, is a, he's an excellent athlete as well. Um, but Peasley's known to be the guy that's going to run around and probably make more plays with his legs. Um, he's just rusty right now, uh, obviously missing a lot of time last year with the knee uh, and then coming off the red shirt. So, but he'll get, he'll get better. And then, then Cooper's just a natural athlete. He, he does everything, um, does everything well. And he's a strong kid, good athlete. Um, he's just got to get, uh, more and more football underneath his belt. And then uh, Calvin right now is he's a little bit more the de- developmental guy. Um, but like when you see this kid on the hoof, 
he's what you want. I mean, he is a tall, long, big hands. Uh, you know, he he's going to be really good. He's just he's more of like your developmental type that he's going to take. You know, a few semesters to to, to round into shape, but he's going to be a dang good player. You know, we're talking to Bodie Reeder, offensive coordinator for Utah State University. And before the, the break happened, before Utah State said we're suspending everything on campus, it includes practices that with you know spring practices for USU football. Where I mean, how how comfortable were you with the, the unit that you had with you? Not just the quarterbacks, but looking at the offense as a whole, uh, where things were progressing before the break. Uh well, it's hard, right? Because we only had two practices and they were unpadded. And a big theme of ours uh, going into the spring was to create a physical mentality. We were going to try to um, develop a little bit more in the run game and get things, you know, control line scrimmage more. Uh, so that's hard to tell for me right now. Um, but what I can speak on is their ability to pick up everything new that I was throwing at them was really impressive. Like, that's not going to be an issue with these guys. They're really smart, they've been really, really well coached. It's just learning a new language for them right now and, uh, you know, a couple different formations and, and incorporating those tight ends a little bit more. But I think that once we have a chance to get pads on, uh, then we'll be able to tell, uh, you know, are, are we going to be able to, to move the ball on the ground consistently? And I know, I mean, there's a lot of question marks there right now, but it's hard to answer that question without having pads on. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, yeah. But philosophically, I mean, do you you come into a situation that is a couple years removed from perhaps one of the best offenses Utah State has seen, um, but there's some changeover, players leave, staff changes. How do you, I mean, it's where do you philosophically see this going for Utah State in an ideal situation with uh, what type of personnel you have? Granted, I get it. You haven't had a lot of time to evaluate and be with these guys, but Philosophically, where do you see Utah State football in an ideal situation? Um, so the, a big word, ever since I was at Oklahoma State and then going to Eastern Washington, something that I've really kind of clung to was the ability to be balanced. And I don't necessarily think the balance means you have to run it 50% of the time and pass it 50% of the time. But what I think that means is you have to be able to spread the ball to different players. And I don't think, um, I'm just speaking candidly, I don't think there's a the first-team All-American out there right now. But I think there's a lot of really good Mountain West players and guys that are going to be effective and guys that need the ball in their hands. So instead of trying to, you know, force it down one guy's throat, what I think we can do is is allow several different guys to touch the ball. And I think that we have we're going to have some backs in the backfield that are uh, going to be you know very good players and dynamic. I think that our tight end room is that might be our best room along with the offensive line, Carson Terrell and Logan Lee and Mo Manu and and uh, you know the Bowman kid; those guys are all really good players. And you know Bryce Mortensen; people are going to be really, really happy with what he's doing. He just gets better every day. Uh, I think that they are going to give us some versatility and allow us to do a lot of different things with our personnel and formations that can cause people problems in, in defending gaps and allow us to run the ball and then throw the play action games. So, to me, I think in a perfect world, we're balanced. And and what I mean is allowing those different guys to touch the ball and and be able to run it and throw it and uh, go fast and at the same time be able to, to control the clock when, when we need to. What's your time with Coach Anderson been like? He's awesome. He's, uh, he's professional. Um, 
he treats everybody with respect and and treats him like a man. He is uh, he's he's a he's a wonderful guy. What I really admire most about him is how he treats players. He's he's great with them. He was quoted in another publication uh, today, if I'm not mistaken, saying that if if they're not able to have the the players on campus by June one, then we may have to start thinking about delaying the season. Well, what? How much time do you need with a team before uh, it, it? You put them in a situation yeah. where if you rush it, you put them into harm's way because of potential injury. In my opinion, it's not so much the time that I need with them; it's the time that the strength conditioning staff needs with them because it's such a violent game, and now everyone is so heightened uh, awareness in the last few years with player safety for for good reason. In my opinion, you need eight weeks with those kids because to build their bodies, both you know with muscle mass to get them in a position where they can, they can withstand a season. And then also in their conditioning and, and their long muscle training of, because you think about if, if these kids came back on June 1st and you tried to run them into the ground, you'd have a hundred hamstring injuries, right? Because as much as you want to believe that they're doing everything possible to be in shape, it's just not the same as being here and being under our eyes all the time. I think you need eight weeks with them to get them to a point where they could, they could hold up during a season. Okay. Off, off field, out of, outside of coaching, let's let's relax here. Let your hair down just a bit with the lack of hair you have. But uh, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> what uh, what about Cash Valley? Do you like? I mean, have you tried the Aggie ice cream? Have you tried the local restaurants? What what are you liking so oh, far? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, my wife and I, uh, we we love trying different places to eat. So right now we've been uh, doing different carry outs or, or, or deliveries. So like last night we had Romas and that was awesome. Loved it. Uh, when we were in the West the first time uh, out in Washington, we really fell in love with the West. And, like, just looking around, it, that's, it's unbelievable. It's a place that I can see why people fall in love. I mean, it's a lot different in Champaign, Illinois now. That's where I'm from. Like, there's a lot of cornfields and a lot of flat country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and my wife's in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and that's a different type of cold. Oh, like, wow. Different, different cold. So uh, I think that, you know, it, it's just first, A number one, Everyone says that it's a family-oriented community, and like, yeah, yeah, I get it. But then you move into like the neighborhood that we're in, you see the the families walking around with little kids, and the people bringing over cookies to welcome you into the neighborhood, and that it's it's real. People who care about kids, that care about families, and I think that that's unique. You were talking to Bodie Reader. He's the new offensive coordinator for Utah State University. When was it that uh, that initially got you interested in being a coach? Well. Um, you know, I always had a really good time playing, and I had a—I was an average player, but I had a really good experience, and I thought my coaches had a big impact on my life. Uh, I knew I wasn't going to be able to play professionally um, after I had done playing in college, and I wanted to stay in the game. So I kind of knew in the back of my head, uh, ever since I was probably in high school, I wanted to get into coaching. I didn't know what level, um, and I thought I might want to be a high school coach. But after I had done playing uh, in, in college, my my college coach asked me to come back as a GA, a graduate assistant, but he made me go to defense, and then that was, like, totally eye-opening. I didn't know anything about football on that side, so I really just fell in love with it. And, you know, I'm very blessed to be able to do it because I have zero other skills. Like, I'm terrible. I can't, like, farm or weld or, or like, awful <laughs> Like, we're putting – we're moving into this house right now, right? And, like, it took me three times longer to mount this TV today than <laughs> any normal human. <laughs> I had no skills. Hey, what position did you play in football? I don't know I if I just said. What you, what yeah, you, I played. 
I played quarterback, yeah, at Eastern Illinois University. You were the quarterback? I was, yeah. Hey, is that where Jimmy Garoppolo went? Was Eastern Illinois? Yeah. Where he? Yeah, I hosted Jimmy on his visit, yep. No kidding. Yeah, so I'm in, I'm in between Tony Romo and Jimmy Garoppolo there. Dude, that's, uh, that's a, man, you've had a really tough life. Like, you're not <laughs> good at anything. Yeah, I mean, you're sitting between... Two, well, two, I guess, decent quarterbacks. What was it like yeah. uh, spending time with Jimmy G, if I may ask? Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's, he, he's what you get, man. He's uh, uh, addicted to football, loves the game. Um, he's uh, a tough kid. Um, but, you know, I, the, the, year, the years that I was around him, they were, they were awful. Um, because they, he got thrown in the fire as a true freshman. I think he led the country in picks and sacks taken as a true freshman. Oh, and man. just got to, and just got the crap beat out of us. I mean, <laughs> we were a basketball team at that time, really young. And then by the time he was a senior, he's setting national records and 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 just I think that just shows his perseverance and how much he loves the game. Coach, uh, you, you talked earlier when we first had you here in the first part of your segment, talking about how you guys are busy, even though you can't have practices and you can't be really meeting with a lot of these players. There's still a lot of activity that's going on. How much game film have you digested looking ahead at teams like Washington State or other Mountain West opponents? Uh, so what we did um, when this whole thing started up, uh, kind of forecasted that we were going to get you know, locked out and not be able to get into practice. We had our, our staff break down four games for, for the upcoming season. So uh, you know, we picked out four opponents, and, and we're, we're starting to game plan. So those cutups are done. Um, with the technology now, all all of our coaches have the ability to access that video at home with the the surfaces that were provided through the university. So we're able to game plan and and, uh, and we're going to get a leg up on Washington State to begin with, and that's obviously going to be Wyoming's defense from last year with their with their uh, their defense coordinator hopping over there. So that's something you can do. You can get it. You can j- get a jump up on on those guys. Uh, Coach, you looking forward to uh, September third this fall? Washington State at your house on a Thursday night? Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can't wait. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I mean. That's the fun part, right? Like you, you put in all the grind and all the hours, and then you tee it up and then let it rip. And then th- at that point, it's just you get a chance to watch those guys play because the hay's in the barn. Hey, what's uh, the relationship with the rest of that uh, coaching staff? Um, we with the offensive side of things, as you've kind of been. Brought in a lot of those other guys were already there before, but what, what's that been like so far? Meshing together with the guys that are there, it's been good. I mean, they're all uh, all serious people. Um, I'm a younger guy, and and I've been lucky in my career to be a coordinator uh, for several years now. So I've always been the youngest one, and I've always been the the coordinator. So this is not a unique thing for me, but it's really kind of, it's it's neat to have a guy like T.J. Wood in the room who has been around with Coach A and. and and coached some great places, and he's. I've learned a lot from him. Learned a lot from Coach uh, Dave Schramm, who who's obviously coached a lot, lot longer than me, and, and given me great advice. And Coach Phillips is is tremendous that to be around and, and learn some of the passing game that you know he's learned from his days at Houston and Baylor, and, and uh, you know it, it is really good. I, I'm not an ego guy. Um, I don't care uh, who gets the credit, or, or I'll always take the blame. But I just want to. I just want to win, and those guys know that. Hey, final question for me, Coach. And this is more for a selfish purpose, to be quite honest with you. But I know you're extremely busy. I'm not. And so I'm wondering, I've been trying to watch <laughs> sports games like crazy. If there's one football game that you would tell me 
you know what? This would be a fun game just to go watch. College or NFL, I don't care. What's yeah. one game okay. you would tell me to go back and watch so I can go watch something tonight? Uh, well, I'll give you two. Good. Okay? 2015, we, I was at Oklahoma State. We played at Texas Tech. Texas Tech had a quarterback named Mahomes. Uh, our quarterback was a kid named Mason Rudolph. Oh, my heck. Two I've heard of those guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, we beat him 72-56. to 56. We were down by 18 points in the fourth quarter and came back and won. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. You got to watch that one. That one's incredible. Okay. So we had, we had two quarterbacks both through for over 200 yards. We had a receiver that went for like 300, and Mahomes went off. He went crazy, too. Uh, that was a good one. Um, that was 15, right? That was 15. Okay. Yeah, 16, 16, we beat him 50-49. They missed a PAT with three seconds left, and we beat him <laughs> that way. Um, and that was Mahomes against Rudolph again. Those those two games, that, that, those were uh, those were fun. Okay, and then 2017, if you can find this one, if you will if you mind watching a little big sky football, that's good football now. Um, Heck yeah. Okay, uh, 2017. Eastern Washington at Montana. Montana's an incredible place to play. Like, that's the toughest place that I've ever played a game. Loud. It, it's the elevation. It, it's all tough there. We're down by 24, uh, 21 or 24 going in to halftime. They're, they're, they're licking us pretty good. We scored 42 points in the second half and, and whipped them. Holy cow. 42 <laughs> yeah. points in one half. What happened? Yeah. Our quarterback threw for 560. Yeah, that's a good one. That was, that was a good, good game. Wow. Oh, that's good stuff. I'm checking that out tonight. You got some homework. I'm taking the big. I'm taking the big sky game too. <laughs> First one I'm watching. Yep, that that was a, a fun one. 42 in the second half at, at in Missoula. I'll never forget. I got that one hanging on my wall. Big picture of us still written. That was a, a cool one. That's a good one, Coach. Hey, thank you, hey, you Coach. It. Thanks for your time. I know these are really strange times, uh, especially for coaches trying yeah. to work with young men and. Uh, wherever they may be to try to get through this, not just physically, but also emotionally, mentally. Uh, yeah. All kind of uncertain. So it, it takes a different role um, than just X's and O's. So we appreciate what you and the rest of your staff are doing through all of this. And hopefully before too long, we look forward to seeing uh, what's going on in the football field once again. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate And, uh, again, thank you so much for uh, welcoming in, me into the community. I can't wait to introduce everyone to my wife, Ashley, my little boy, Crew. Uh, it's, it's been great. Hey, thanks, Coach. Appreciate you. All right, thanks, Coach. All right, bye-bye. Bodie Reeder, new offensive coordinator for Utah State. He's good. Yeah, it's That's fun. a good interview. That was fun. You can definitely tell he's been involved with some pretty spectacular Dude, he sat, players and so some out, spectacular he was, games. There was Tony Romo, Bodie Reeder, and then Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh. Uh, <laughs> not, not too shabby. <laughs> That's not pretty too good. Shabby. All right, uh, coming up next here in just a little bit. Um, well, we want to recap some of the thoughts uh, and impressions that we had from the interview, and then coming up a little bit later on, a conversation with Kirk Hilliard, who took his uh, boys' basketball team to the state championship once again. This time coming up just a little bit short, but still a great uh, track record of success at Skyview High School. So that's coming up next on the Full Court Press. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Hey, do you know it's uh, John Stockton's birthday today? Yeah, I found out this morning. Welcome to 
Welcome to today, Eric. 58? Yeah, is that how old something he is? like that. He looks like he's 42. <laughs> Man, he... People, like... Okay, do you follow Rob, Rob Perez? NBA funny guru guy? Uh, Wob? Is what they call him? No. Worldwide? No, you don't? Oh, man. Follow him on Twitter. Wob. So good. He actually did a director's cut of Game 6 of the NBA Finals in 98 when Jordan had, you know, the game winner um, and Russell slipped. Uh, but he, like, is just enamored and in awe of John Stockton's passes. Best assist guy in the, in the NBA, yeah. Best assist guy ever can do it. Nobody nobody ever does it like John. And you know what's crazy? People still disrespect John. Like, oh, if he played in today's game, he couldn't handle it. Oh, bullshit. Whatever. Are you serious, dude? 15,806 career assists. 3,265 career steals. Good Those heck. are still NBA records. Not even close either, right? Played all 82 games in 16 seasons. That's unheard of. 19,711 career points and a 10-time All-Star. Yeah, he's incredible. He's 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 the best best point guard ever to play the game. True point guard. True point guard. Sure, I guess if we yeah, why not? <laughs> he's incredible. Uh I thought there's some incredible things that we heard from uh, coach Reader. Yeah, really good stuff. He's a fan of all four quarterbacks by the way, and you could tell he has a good knowledge of each one of them and what special uh, abilities they have, um, and I, I like the guy. I'm excited. That's got to be a really difficult position to be in when you're the new guy, yeah. and this happens. Yeah. yeah, you don't have that frame of reference. Like, okay, uh, Henry, I remember how you prepared for this game in the fall and how you came in in the second half yeah. and how you looked in these situations. So at least I have that reference. Bowden Reader doesn't have that yeah. advantage. Nope, not at all. And like you said, he's got four quarterbacks in four different states, one of them here in, in Utah. And, uh, yeah, trying to handle that situation academic-wise and making sure they're staying on track with their semester is it's not easy stuff. So uh, credit to them and the coaching staff. Yeah, what a strange time to try to do recruiting. And besides trying to prepare your team for the upcoming season, I thought that was really interesting. I said that there's not an offensive coordinator in America that would – Sign a kid without watching him throw a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But can't do that right now. It's a little awkward, yeah. right? Uh, so you got to go up. off of old game film? What do you, <laughs> you, hey, coach, can you get your uh, – don't get more than six feet closer to your guy. Just have him go out and run a few routes with the video <laughs> camera and let me – Go to the Fort Hash, Marco, stand on the other yeah, side. Let me we'll see what it looks it. like. We'll just do it remotely yeah, uh, there FaceTime. You go. There something. you go. Hey, next up, coming to here, uh, Skyview Head Boys basketball coach uh, Kirk Killer will join us here on the full court press over the telephone, um, and uh, we'll be able to hear from him. And you know the great season they had, uh, heartbreak ending to it all, but uh, a really phenomenal season with a really phenomenal basketball player. Yeah, so we'll talk some uh, Skyview Boys basketball coming up next here on the full court press. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson, thanks for tuning in and joining us here on the Full Court Press. We know things are, are uncertain times these days. There's a lot of uncertainty, but what we do know is that we're still here to uh, provide information, talk to great guests, and provide a little bit of a distraction for you. 
Uh, great interview that we had to just a little bit ago with uh, Bodie Reeder, the new offensive coordinator at Utah State. Last hour, we replayed a great interview we did last month with Spencer Nelson. Uh, that was a ton of fun. you got to go listen to that in its entirety. Uh, but now we get to talk some high school basketball. Yes. Go, go ahead, Andre. No, no, no. I, I, coach, i got to apologize. Coach Hillary, the Skyview head boys basketball coach, back-to-back state championship appearances. Coach, I am so sorry that you were on your way down here, and oh, I good. thought I told you over the phone. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You're good. No problem. I owe you a Diet Mountain Dew or whatever you're drinking these days. Uh, you're good. <laughs> hey, Wait, Coach, congratulations I, on that. For other times that you screw up, do you owe me things? No, because I actually I love I Coach, would, Coach like Hilliard. Donuts. There's like, okay, there's like a there's like sodas. There's like a big Mount Rushmore, and you're not on it with regards <laughs> oh, of oh, okay. you know. Hey, uh, Coach Hilliard, back to back state championship appearances. I know this one doesn't end the way you were hoping for, but what an incredible season your kids had. Yeah, it was a good run for for uh, the kids this year. Uh, once again. It, each year in high school basketball is a different, uh, different makeup of kids, and it's a different, different journey. And uh, this year, uh, chemistry was there uh, immediately. Kids came together really well. It took us a few games to figure some things out. We went down to the Elite Eight tournament and kind of put us in our place a little bit. You know, we knocked off Harriman, but Corner Canyon and Tempe View kind of uh, took it to us a little bit. But that was a good wake up call for us. And uh, from that point on, I felt like we were pretty focused and. That came with a lot of senior leadership from Mason and Sam and Cam Doyle. They they brought it in practice, and that where we were pretty focused. I liked uh, how the our season went from that point on, and it was fun to have a good run like that. I thought our region was good again, and uh, I you know we had a little uh, a bump in the road at Ridgeline, but I think that also helped us refocus and get us ready for a good run at the state uh, tournament. Uh, as you mentioned, it didn't turn out our way uh, in the final game. I felt like we had our chances. Um, unfortunately, uh, some of that was out of our hands a little bit. <laughs> I felt like uh, the fact that our, our that Mason was only able to play about four minutes in the second half was pretty unfortunate. But um, other than that, you know, we had a lot of really good positives this year. Um, in our program, things that kids did, and it was uh, it was a good run. Twenty-one and four is nothing to be too disappointed at. No, no. Uh, for uh, the the second year in a row, our panel of of um, I don't know what you call voters them? voters panel of professionals, Media vote. yeah, uh, <laughs> put together their uh, all region team and named Mason Falsov as the player of the year in back to back seasons. What what's it been like for you coaching him? It's been amazing. It's been a lot of lot of fun. Uh, I told uh, I told my family. I told those around me. I said uh, it's going to be a long time before you're going to watch an athlete and a basketball player uh, and a football player as good as Mason is. Come and watch him all you can. And we had great for, great fan support for Mason and from the community. A lot of people came out to watch him watch him play and. Um, he's just been uh, really, really fun to be around, really, really fun to coach. Um, he's been really coachable. He's been the hardest worker in the gym, um, and, and that just leads to his success. Uh, yeah, it's been it's just been a lot of fun. I probably, uh, he, and he would probably say this, when his brother was a senior, Mason was a freshman, and uh, we beat Fremont at Fremont, the last game of region, um, to win the region 
that year. That was one of the funner games we've been a part of. But uh, Mason, even as a freshman, was willing to step up and take big shots. And uh, that's that's what's been fun about it is just uh, he's up for the challenge, whatever it, whether it's defensively, offensively, whatever it is. And I think he's improved his game every year. And so that's been fun to watch for sure. Well, besides his his skill and his skill development, uh, I think you touched on more of the the attitude uh, that that he had. Um, he just seemed like he had a, a confident, relentless personality that he was going to score, and there weren't going to be too many other people who could stop him. Well, he just he hates to lose, and it doesn't. And I've said this several times, but it doesn't matter if it's a, a dribbling drill or if it's a free throw shooting contest or a shooting, whatever it is, Mason wants to win and he'll compete. Uh, just as an example of that, that was kind of funny. Uh, we do a, a shooting drill in practice with, with four players and it, they'd, they'd keep score, but as the season went on, we'd just add different dynamics to the shooting drill. And he got beat one time this year. And later that evening, he texts the coach that was in charge of that drill. And he just said, Hey, I really did win that drill because uh, so-and-so didn't get a defensive stop, and that's what you had to do to win that drill. Besides doing the other shooting drill part, you had to get a defensive stop. And he goes, so-and-so didn't get a defensive stop, and I did, so I won. <laughs> that's, just, that's just the kind of player he is. He's just really fun. He's got a fun personality. He's fun to be around. He wants to have fun, but he's also super competitive. And that's something that I think a lot of kids picked up on in our program, and it's been it's been fun to watch him help us develop a culture there of winning and, and uh, competitiveness. It's been really fun. So, what is he like off the court? I mean, what's his attitude like? His personality like? Is he is he a kid who is who accepts everybody? Or I mean, is yeah. there any sense of arrogance or anything? No, I don't. I don't. I've never noticed that from Mason. He'll go. He's got a ton of great friends. Um, and, and some of them are athletes and some of them are not. And I think that just kind of lends to the kind of kid he is. It, he's got uh, a great personality. Everybody likes him. Um, he has a good friend in Dylan Mundahl who uh, has a few physical limitations. And um, he he is he was one of our managers this year. And he would always go over and play Dylan one-on-one. And it just doesn't matter who you are. Mason wants you to feel a part and, and understands the bigger picture and, and uh, just a great character kid. I'm I'm excited for him and what the future holds for sure. How do you reload for coming up in the uh, 2020 uh, 2021 season? Well, uh, we have 11, 11 kids coming back um, that are juniors uh, and a freshman that's, that that played some minutes for us this year. We played the whole second half of the state championship game with pretty much juniors. Uh, Sam was a little bit hobbled with a knee injury, and so. Uh, I think we're, I think we should be pretty good next year. Our front line should go six ten, uh, six seven, and six six, and so I think you know we've got the size to do it. We've got the ability to do it, and we're bringing back two starting guards. So uh, what? What about sorry, coach? What about uh, I know Isaac Larson is going to be moving into the Skyview boundaries. He's also a basketball player. Uh, I, I know you got to have tryouts and all, but do you incorporate some way of him bringing him onto the team and into the system with that kind of athletic talent? Well, I know that he's definitely going to be a great football player for Skyview High School. <laughs> uh, he is—he's—he's he's amazing to watch on the football field. He's super athletic. 
We'll cross that bridge when we come to it in November. I like Isaac. I've known Isaac and his family for a long time. And uh, Isaac's a great kid. He's a phenomenal athlete. He did a great job for Logan High this year. Um, we'll just, we'll, we'll see. It's kind of been crazy. I mean, normally we would have some open gyms and some individual camp and stuff like that in the spring. That's to be determined. And so we'll just have to see how that goes. We've got a lot of kids that are, uh, you know, that can do a lot of really good things. And we're just going to have to see how that all shakes down. And, and there's a lot of things that come into play there. But like I say, when, when November rolls around, I'm pretty sure that stuff will all work itself out and we'll see where we're at and, and go from there. But he's, he's definitely a talented kid. Utah State's lucky that they're getting him. And I'm excited to watch him play in, uh, in the, bobcat blue this year and uh see how that goes for sure yeah we're talking to kirk hilliard the uh, head uh, boys basketball coach for the skyview bobcats uh coach you we know that that the uh, mason is is going to be headed to the university of utah uh mm-hmm. do we know are any of your other seniors off to other destinations and basketball part of their post right. high school career sam phipps is he's got a few guys still talking and that's kind of raised uh, this this uh, pandemic that we have going on has been super hard for kids being recruited right now because, um, you know, coaches are kind of hobbled. They can't really have them come to their place and play for open gyms and play with their guys. And there's definitely some people interested in Sam, and he's got a couple offers out there that he's waiting to kind of make decisions on and, and where he's at. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure where that's headed. We're working with Sam and, and doing what we can at this point, but uh, he'll definitely be playing next fall. It's just a matter of where he's going to be playing. Mason, on the other hand, has got a mission call, and so he's waiting to uh, – hmm. he's uh, supposed to be heading to Brazil in June. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that all works out and uh, see how that, that transpires over the next couple months. But uh, – yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting spring, and uh, you know we've got some underclassmen that are that are getting looked at as well, and so we'll see how that uh, shakes out next year and and over the summer and stuff like that. But uh, I think Bobcat basketball is going to be okay. I think we're we're going to be all right. We're you know having to replace a couple of key guys. I mean, Sam Phipps was the the tournament MVP last year in 4A uh, when we won it down in Cedar City and. Uh, Mason's the two-time uh, 4A MVP, and and uh, so I, you know, we're replacing some some big guys with some big numbers that played a big role, but we've also got some guys that are ready to step up too. So should be fun. Coach, I want to go back to the state championship game. I've never seen, and I'm just going to be blunt here. I've mm-hmm. never seen a player be taken out of a game by the referees. Honestly, in a high school game in a state championship game like I saw what they did to Mason. Did that blow your mind? Have you ever seen anything like that? How frustrated were you as a coach? And, I mean, what do you tell Mason during that time, too? Well, in the heat of the moment, uh, I'm more concerned with what's going on with the scoreboard. Are we, you know, what we need to be doing. We have the lead. We were up one. Mason goes in and scores and gets an offensive foul. We would have been up three, planning to go to a zone and, and of course, Mason is, as we've worked with him, you know, uh, two years ago, he was all over the officials and we went up to, you know, and he picked up a few technicals just because, uh, he was, he was amazed that he didn't get some calls. And so he's been really good. He was really good this year about not arguing with the officials. Cause I feel like 
when you're talented like Mason and as good as you are at times, I think that a lot of things are let go because it it looks easy. Um, he does things that for some of us are super hard and he makes them look pretty easy. And so he was pretty frustrated. He knew it. He just wanted to be out there. Um, I, I would agree. I don't know that I've seen it where it's been. Uh, I have to be careful, of course, but there was one official that called 14 of 24 fouls on Skyview. And so, and we, we had him twice. We had him on Thursday and then again on Saturday. And, uh, that was what the state chose. And they felt like that's who they needed to go with. I've had several people tell me that I've thought about it, obviously a lot more since the game was over. And I've looked at it, obviously, and analyzed it and frustrating. Yes. Did we have our chances? Yes. I mean, we, we're 19 of 31 from the free throw line. And so a few more field goals. We missed a couple layups in the fourth quarter. And those were all chances where I still feel like we could have improved on. You know, we tell the kids all the time, you need to shoot 70% from the free throw line and make your layups to win high school games. And uh, we, we missed a couple layups and we missed some free throws. We had down the stretch a chance to win, you know, back-to-back state championships and that didn't come true. And, I feel I, I feel really bad for Mason because he wasn't able to on the biggest stage he wasn't able to help his team and that's all Mason wants all Mason's ever wanted is to help his team win and so for him not being able to help his team there I'd like to think that we win the game if Mason gets to play the last four minutes of the game but you know that's not how it worked out and I congratulate Dixie on a great great run they've got a great team they the coach did a great job and I put him in a position to win and they were they were able to make it happen and you can always second guess things after the game and this and that, but uh, yeah, it was frustrating for us as a coaching staff and for Mason. And I, like I said, I, as a coach, I get to come back next November and I get to coach the kids and hopefully have another chance to make another run as a state championship. And Mason for that, for Mason, that's done. And for Sam Phipps and for Cam Doyle, they're all through. And so that's who I feel bad for is for the kids. Because that's what it should be about. Is it should be about the kids, and, and that's kind of cliche, I know, but I do I do feel like that's what high school basketball should be about is the kids and and their ability to go out there and make things happen and have fun, develop great relationships with their teammates, and and that was unfortunate for Mason in that last game. Hey, coach. Last question for me before we let you go. Uh, the the state of of Region Eleven basketball. Uh, how would you classify how how basketball is going in this part of the state, in this region? In the future or this year? Yeah, for what you see uh, in the future, for where things are headed, with uh, some of the underclassmen that you competed against and that you've seen sure. through uh, right. the younger groups that are coming up. What do you uh-huh. see? The How do you project the future of Region 11 basketball? Oh, pretty, I mean, just first and foremost, I think Region 11, I think we're in a good spot. I think Ridgeline obviously is in, a, in good shape. They played a ton of underclassmen this year, you know, and have got some really good players coming back. Uh, Caden Cox is, is a really good player. Peyton Knowles is really good. And, uh, they've got some other guys. The Hanson kid is, is, is darn good. Um, Logan's got Jaden Pinniger that's a, it's a great player. Green Canyon's got Coach Smith's son who I think is uh, is really, really a good player. Uh, he made a ton of improvement, I felt like, from last year to this year. And then, like I told you about the Bobcats, I feel like we're we're sitting in a pretty good position. 
Um, as far as our underclassmen are concerned, I think we've got a lot of really good players coming back, and um, we've just got to figure things out chemistry-wise, and, and then we can uh, hopefully make another run. But I, I think our region's in good shape. The South region's always really good. The South, you know, with Dixie, Pineview, Desert Hills, uh, Snow Canyon made a good run towards the end of the season. and um, I think uh, it's kind of crazy. The RPI thing was good and bad, I feel like, at times. Um, I don't know. I think we'll wait to see how hopefully they make a couple changes to that and tweak that just a little bit because I kind of feel like uh, playing a region opponent in that first round of the state tournament, I think, is a disadvantage for <laughs> everybody involved, I think. Um, but, you know, I think – uh, there, like I said, there is some good with it, and, and you know the state obviously feels pretty good about it because Skyview played Dixie in the state championship, the one and two, and the RPI, so they feel like you know they did a good job. And the same thing kind of happened in football. I think there's just some things that could be put in place that would help that situation. I like the old format myself personally, um, but that's just that's just my personal opinion, uh, and that's all it is because I know they don't want to hear from coaches at the the state for the most part, but. Uh, you know, uh, but I think our region's in good shape uh, for the future. I think I, I I have a ton of respect for the the players that, or the coaches in our region. I didn't even mention Bear River, but Bear River's always they've been solid the last three or four years, and I think they'll be they'll be ready to go for next year. Uh, I'm I'm glad that uh, Coach Shaw's on the men's and he's he's feeling better. So, well, Coach Hilliard. Thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate you. Really good stuff. Uh, we'll look forward to uh, catching up with you soon. Yeah, and congratulations on a still successful season. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. And thanks, John Newbold, for coming out and doing our games. We appreciate the radio for doing that. I think that's great for the high school kids, and I think it's great for the Valley. So uh, thank you guys for all you do. All thanks, right. Thanks, Coach. coach. That's yep. right. We're, uh, we are the home of the Skyview Bobcats. Hey, Mountain Chris, did you hear that? That last part? <clears throat> what? We're grateful that you have this, uh, you know, radio they, opportunity. Yeah, you know, the coach appreciates it. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, thanks, coach. That's great, Coach Hilliard. Uh, a quick step aside, and we come back. Some final thoughts. The full court press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and AJ Salveson. You gave me that look of like, what are you talking about? Come on, man. Catch up with me. Uh, you were, I was a couple paces behind. It took me a minute. <laughs> but uh, thanks again for Coach Bodie Reeder yeah, for joining Coach us Hilliard. earlier in the hour. Thanks uh, a lot to Coach Hilliard. You've uh, heard all those games here on the fan. Skyview Bobcats. We are the exclusive home for Skyview Bobcats. But we, we're talking about everybody that's out there. But uh, when the games are on, games are on here uh, for the Bobcats, here on the fan. Yeah, and John Newble did a great job, too. How yes. would it be, man? You've had the biggest been, fan of the. You've all, called so. how many state championship games now? Yeah. He's probably called more playoff games than a lot of guys. Pretty close to almost. Maybe Al Lewis has, hasn't. There's been. a few people combined that he's actually already beating. <laughs> hey, have a great night, everybody. We'll see you again here tomorrow.